sometimes find little gems hidden on different um, services. You know, every now and then I'll turn Shutter on. I sometimes find it to be a little annoying. I don't necessarily always like the interface or sometimes it'll just log me out and I got to log back in and it doesn't have the most friendly of uh, customer orientated ways of doing so. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that really uh, praise it. I usually do. I think a lot of its original content is good, uh, including a lot of its original shows and movies. It's just they definitely, you know, need to work on the interface a lot. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's 60 bucks for a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably the cheapest option out there. I think that I think that boils down to like $5 a month or something. So that's one of the cheapest services uh, that's available, even though it's very restricted to just being horror-related movies, thrillers, suspense, slashers, things of that nature. So what we decided to watch was this quote-unquote psychological thriller called Watcher. It is not correlated at all to the Keanu Reeves sort of version, I guess, The Watcher from the early 90s. Or I believe there's also a show out called The Watchers. No, this has nothing to do with any of those. It is just Watcher. Um, it stars, I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but I know she's been in a couple of things. Uh, she was the main uh, character in It Follows, which... It was a movie I never really liked. I should actually do an entry on how much I actually dislike that movie. Um, she's done a couple of other things. I can't I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she was really, really, really good in the film. I did appreciate uh, her character. Uh, also, it's got uh, Byrne Gorman. Uh, for those who don't know who that is, he's been in things like Game of Thrones. Uh, he's been in um, the Batman trilogy, uh, the Christopher Nolan version. Uh, maybe not even all three of them, maybe just the first two, or if anything, The Dark Knight Rises, maybe the last one. Uh, but he's def he was in those to a capacity. Uh, he was in another show called Torchwood. He was in one of the uh, Pacific Rim films. Uh, he's been around for a while. He looks a lot like... What's his name from Back to the Future? The one that's really crazy looking and has a ridiculous backstory. I should actually do an entry just about that actor because he's got a crazy backstory to himself as well. But he kind of looks like Glover, Glover, Crispin Glover. That's what it is. He looks like Crispin Glover a little bit. And it could be like they could do a movie together and play brothers. That's how much they look alike. So I know who Bern Gorman is. Uh, I know who the uh, main actress is. I know what she's from. Uh, I don't know who the husband is. I don't know his name offhand. It's got a lot of, like, no names. You know, again, it's Shudder, so they probably can't pay for too crazy of a star-studded cast for a film like this. But for what the film is worth, it's it's enjoyable. You know, for, for a Shudder original to almost have a... I don't want to say B-like quality, but it has that quality where you're happy it went to streaming just because of how, like... It's, it's not long. It's about 90 minutes. It's good enough to sit down and watch, you know, at home. I wouldn't necessarily feel like I got my money's worth if I went to the movie theater for this. Uh, it is definitely suspenseful. And it is really well paced for what it is offering. So, a couple of things um, I dislike first. Is I dislike the constant notion of how... Nobody believes a person in a film. 
I hate that as a story plot point. I hate that that is used consistently in horror movies specifically. This this pops up 90% of the time in almost every horror movie you'll see. There's always somebody, they'll come running out, oh, I saw a UFO, and people are like, oh, maybe you're just drunk, or oh, how am I supposed to believe you? You're playing around. It's like, you know this person. Like, I'm meant to believe that this is an environment where these people are in constant connection with each other, especially when it's husband and wife. If my wife ever came downstairs to me and said, I just saw the bed levitate six feet in the air, and then it slowly floated back to the floor, I would go, let's get the fuck out of this house. That That's how much I would believe that, just because why would my wife in any other capacity come to me with something so nonsensical unless it really freaked her out? Like, I should know my wife, and I should know when she's joking, when something I should, when something is serious enough that I should take it serious. And if I don't, I have to have a reasonable explanation to myself as to how she could come up with this ridiculously elaborate story. Like, she must have a history of just lying and making up crazy stories. If she doesn't, then why why is it that every single person in these movies does not believe their significant other? Ever. They do not believe them ever. And it's a very, very poor use of a plot device because it's it's just overused, it stops becoming believable after a while, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Like, this film is based around this woman... Um, I believe her name in the movie is Jules or Julia. I just watched it too, and of course I forget. But her name is Julia. She just moves to um, Bucharest. And in Bucharest, her husband has this high-level marketing job, so he's constantly away. So she's home by herself. And she lives in a building that's really tall. And she lives on one of the middle floors. And she lives right across from another set of buildings that are also really tall. And somewhere in the middle, she starts noticing this dude is watching into her house or into her apartment from his window across the way. Hence, watch her. So she feels like she is being sort of um, stalked in a way. Now, also, something that's going on within the environment around them is that there's also been this uh, string of serial killings by somebody they call the Spider who is kidnapping girls, they go missing for weeks, eventually they're found, and they're found with severed heads. So, there's been like four or five girls up to the point where they move out into this area, and she starts getting paranoid because they set up all these different things where she is somehow feeling like somebody is watching her. And I know there's a play on that, because that could easily be something that's very real for especially a woman. To always feel that like you have to be on guard, to feel like... You have to protect yourself at all times. And even to the extent that it makes more sense for her in her environment. But then she goes and she tries to express this to the husband. And he's just like, you know, maybe you're imagining things. Now, granted, there are some things that pop up that don't play to her favor. Like, she eventually, there's a scene where she goes over there and she tries to, like, confront him herself. Which, why would you ever do that first off? But, I digress. She goes over there to confront him, doesn't find him, but then as she's leaving, the guy finds her. And then he shows up with a cop, like, this woman is stalking me now. And it's this reverse thing where it's kind of like, he, he reverse Uno cards her. Like, I'm the one being stalked here, so please tell her to stop. Can we please have her leave me alone, leave my elderly father, father alone, all that stuff. So, again, we're talking 90 minutes. And throughout the 90 minutes, 
you do kind of get the feeling like maybe, maybe they're going to lead it towards this idea that, yes, she is in her own head. She's by herself all day. You know, she's um, maybe lonely or or just getting in her own head when it comes to the idea that there is an actual serial killer in the neighborhood of where she just lived. Like, she went from New York to Bucharest, and out of nowhere, within days, they're like, oh, yeah, there's this head-chopping serial killer. Like, she has every right to be paranoid, especially the fact that she's by herself every day. And why would you not be paranoid when you're in a completely new environment? You don't speak the language. There's tons of scenes that have her with the husband. The husband speaks the language in Bucharest. I want to say it's probably some sort of um, Romanian language in some way. Um, So he's speaking with people and there's no subtitles. There's no subtitles for the film. And I think that's also to make you as the, the viewer uncomfortable. So you could sit there and kind of feel for her because she's sitting there not knowing their language and all they, all she can go off of is, Oh, we're going to sort of explain or half-ass explain what we're saying to her and then maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they're not. It's kind of like that joke where they say that um, the people, uh, the, the the Asian workers in the nail salon, are um, always talking about you, and you don't know that, and you don't notice. Like, oh, look at this lady's dirty feet. Like, why is she coming here and make me touch her dirty feet? You know that that's a long-standing joke. I've heard tons of comedians use it. It's not an original joke, but it's that idea. And you're watching it, and you're not watching what she's going through in a comedic fashion, you're watching what she's going through with, unless you know Romanian, I don't. So I'm watching it and I'm just as uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. Am I supposed to know what they're saying? Are there subtitles? Turn the subtitles on. No, all English language gets subtitles. Nothing they were saying in Romanian got subtitles. So I think that's on purpose to make you feel almost more anxious with the character So maybe that was a good plot device, maybe it wasn't. What I do appreciate, though, is that it does dwell a lot into, say, really focusing on maybe she is just not thinking about it the right way. Because every time they point it out, it's just, yeah, this doesn't look like it's 100% she's being stalked. Now, that's... For a 90-minute film, that's what it's like for 70 minutes, 75 minutes. Then the last 15 minutes, the whole film turns on its head, and it gives you all of the kind of rewards you were looking for from the very beginning, because all you want is you want some sort of validation. And you get that at the end of the film when you discover that the guy across the street actually is a stalker, and she was right all along. But what you're hoping for is that she's able to survive in order for her to prove everybody wrong. But does she? Does she not? I won't really go too deep into that, but what I will say is that you are really led to believe that she might be losing her mind for a good portion of the film. And I do appreciate that because I appreciate how it's done so well that when it did flip, I actually really appreciated that turn more than I think... I would have expected out of a film that didn't have such a good buildup. Like there was a good set of tension that led to that moment that allowed me to appreciate when the turn came to actually answer all the questions I had. I really appreciated this film. And again, Shutter really does push out some, some good quality uh, 
uh, content. Like, they make really, really good original content. Even though when you're going on there, you're going on there for a lot of actual horror movies. And you're kind of getting stuck with whatever the hell they have the rights to from, like, the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Maybe even some 90s if, if you get lucky. But their original content is very, very good. And if you don't have a way to watch this from Shudder, I don't believe it went anywhere else. I think it's direct video so I don't think you, I mean, you might have a way to watch it. I'm not going to comment on however you watch movies. However, I watched it through Shudder. And if you're a horror movie fan, you just get Shudder and let this be one of the first things you watch. There are many other things that Shudder has that, that are Shudder originals that are just really, really well done. And I really did appreciate this. This was a really nice turn for what I've been dealing with a lot this uh, Halloween year when it comes to what I was expecting uh, out of horror movies and Halloween movies. So this, this this was worth it. This was definitely worth it.